my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Marissa, how are you? Where are you? I am okay. I'm actually in good spirits, physically a little off. We'll talk about it. But I'm in Thailand. I'm in Copenhagen on a little island right now. And yeah, where are you today, Jeff? <laughs> I'm back in the San Francisco Bay Area. Haven't left my house in two months. I'm a little jealous of you. <laughs> I basically haven't I still... left my house in two months either here in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, yeah, same, same. So you are in Th- This is This is pretty timely. You've got a house in Thailand, and I'm yes. assuming that you negotiated for that house. Today, we're going to be talking about how to find accommodations while you're traveling, or well, actually, more appropriately, before you travel, how do you find <laughs> accommodations? So let's. we've got a, a list of bullet points that we're going to go through. We're going to talk about different products out there. We're going to talk about things to look for, things to watch out for. But first, just to start things off, to keep it super real, how did you get your current place in Thailand? Yeah, so I actually met up with three other friends who already had their place, to be fair. I came to stay with them, but they found the place through Airbnb on on a map through Airbnb. They knew the sort of location on the island they wanted, but then they reached out to the person kind of offline once they could get that contact information, which is a little little sketchy sometimes, but they basically negotiated a different, different rate to stay long term. So found it through Airbnb, negotiated it, and sort of pay direct to the, the person off of it. Ooh, risky. Yeah, I breaking know, rules. Risky. <laughs> I don't know if we should talk about that. We'll just say it's like, yeah, it's, you can do it's that. It's a gray area. It's, it's a, a little blackout. Maybe little we won't talk area. about it so much, but people do it. People do it. Well, let's get into this because this is one of the, like, along with safety and money and job, this is one of the like top four things that people are always asking about. How do you... How do you do this? How do, how do you get accommodations? And it kind of scares people off because people are afraid of the whole, this includes the travel part. People are afraid of the buying the plane ticket, getting on the plane, landing in a strange place, getting to a new strange home. How do you soften that blow? Like, how do you find a place and how do you make it easy so that you have this smooth transition into a new spot? you're going to call Yeah. I suppose it depends how long you're planning to stay in a place. So if I'm only going to be somewhere a couple days or a week or even a month, I would approach it differently where if I know I'm going to stay somewhere two months, three months, or like really need to be there long term. So if I was going to stay a little longer, we're talking slow mad style, and and I've <laughs> slow mad. You've never heard that term, Jeff. He's laughing no. at me. What? Who no. are, you? are you? Are you even a nomad? Yeah. If I'm gonna be somewhere for long term, and if I've never ever been to a place, I'm a little hesitant. Like you don't always know. That sometimes being two streets over makes a huge difference of safety or like where you want to be, or you know you want to be on this mm-hmm. side of the highway or that side of the highway. And if you just look at a map, you don't really know. So if I've never been to a place and and I didn't have a network of nomads, like now we know enough people who they're like, just stay here. Here's a place I've stayed. Like it gets easier the more you travel and know people. But what I would do 
is maybe book a hotel that just like I can see a ton of photos. I can see there's a front desk, an easy place to check in. I'd get there, maybe stay for three, four days while I get on the ground and then say like, all right, which which street do I want to stay on? What mm. neighborhoods do I like? And and then maybe even go to the places to say like, how does this place feel? Do I like it? The same way you'd you know rent an apartment for a year long term, yeah. you know, if you were wherever you live, you probably wouldn't do it sight unseen. So if you're going to stay somewhere like really a little while, I would recommend get on the ground, book somewhere for, you know, the first week or whatever, figure it out. I rarely do that because I, I don't usually stay that long. So otherwise, I would just do a lot of research on look at pictures, Airbnb, we can talk about the different methods. But yeah, we'll talk about how to sort of find a good place sight unseen when you're only going to be there maybe a month or a couple weeks or something like that. Any other thoughts from you, though? Couple, yeah, a couple follow-up questions. And I've got some thoughts on these questions, too, that just came up. First thing is people are going to ask, okay, where do, you, where do you book hotels? We do this so often. How do you book a hotel? Uh, right. What right. do you use? Ah, good question. So I like Hotels.com personally. I feel like everyone has their loyalty favorites. So for me, and again, this this is no affiliate or anything. I just, I think I had a friend a long time ago who used it. And she was like, if you book 10 nights, you get one night free. So... It just feels, yeah, I, I love it. It basically takes the okay. average of all the hotel nights. That, so if you're spending like $100 and then $60 and then 200 you know, whatever you choose to spend, it will average those 10 nights and you get a free night at, at the average of that price. Mm. Whereas other places like Expedia or what other ones do people love? Okay. They're, they're so, I'm a booking, yes, I'm a look, are, I'm a booking loyalist. Yeah. You're a booking loyalist. Yeah. So I feel like people are usually a hotels.com or a booking loyalist. And I think you get mm. points that then you get to redeem for stuff, right? Or how does it work? You get cash back. How does it work for you? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm like a tier three or tier four. <laughs> I have no idea. It just keeps like, my number keeps going up and I don't what know do you what get it means. For it? Jeff, I don't oh know. Gosh. I don't know. But my number keeps going up. It's like a game. Gosh, the, you, the more money I give like them, the higher marketing. my number gets. Which means nothing to you. You can probably redeem that for something, I assume. Tell you what, Maybe I'll check nights. tonight. Check tonight. <laughs> we'll report back. I'll get, I'll get back to the group. I'll get back to everybody on that You one. are like okay. a... So back in my brand marketing days of Pepsi, there was, you know, it's like loyalty marketing. You were like the perfect subject for that where you don't even, you don't redeem anything. I don't You're care. just like booking the points. I love, so I love hotels.com because it, it feels very tangible. Like I know once I get to, like I see, it like fills in almost like a punch card that you'd get at like a coffee place mm. or something. You know, it's like buy nine, get the 10th free or whatever. Like it sort yeah. of looks like that on the website. And then it's like, here's your free night. And it feels so fun just to go get that free night. I don't know why. So anyway, that's how I find hotels. But yeah, Expedia, Hotels.com. Sometimes I'll literally just look on Google Maps and mm. sort of search hotels on Google. This is actually my newest favorite way. I'll, I'll look on a map sort of in an area where I know I want to be and I'll just type hotels the same way you'd search mm -hmm. for like coffee, coffee shop and they all pop up. And you can sort of just click on each one and see pictures really easily. And then it shows you the prices on like four different websites. So when I landed in Thailand... Um, I went to, I was in Koh Samui first. So in Koh Phangan, where I am, there's no airport. So I had to take a ferry, but I got in at night and the ferry wasn't until the next day. So I had to stay in Koh Phangan, or I stayed in Koh Samui for a couple of days. And when I looked at it, I found a hotel that I liked. I, I knew the sort of area. Someone had told me where I wanted to stay and I found a place on the beach. And when I clicked it, it said like, I don't remember all this, probably booking.com, hotels, whatever. And then mm -hmm. Agoda for whatever reason, which I never use. The, the price was like, $80 cheaper for the night or something. Hmm. So it compared all of those different. So when you don't want to be told, sometimes it's worth not being totally loyal to those, you know, hotel or booking. Yeah. 
if it's just so much cheaper. So Google Maps is actually kind of my new favorite way to, like, it just immediately shows mm-hmm. you prices, pictures, you know, where it is, reviews. Anyway, I don't I've know this is where we're going to be going, but yeah, it's like, that's my oh, new favorite well, way. If- I I had no idea which direction this pod was going to go, but but I, now now I do know. I want to take this sequentially through an entire yeah. pathway that somebody yeah, new yeah. traveling would do. So step one, open up a tab and either use Google Maps, which is going to pull up all your hotels, or just hop on Booking.com or Hotels.com, preferably Booking.com. Yeah. Use my discount code. <laughs> preferably Hotels. I'm just kidding. I'm not an affiliate. Not an affiliate. Not an affiliate. We are not. Okay. We should be. What are we doing? Step one: open up a tab. Another question came to mind on the back of something that you mentioned. Picking a location is yeah. very, very difficult to do yeah, yeah. when you haven't been to when you haven't been there before. So, yeah. couple things in mind. One, you want to pick a location that's safe. Two, yeah. you want to pick a location that's ideally walkable to the yeah. places that you want to go to get groceries, to go to coffee shops, all, all that kind of stuff. What do you do to find the right location? Yeah. The best way, if you know anyone who has ever been there, a personal friend, someone you see on Instagram, like anybody you can ask as like a traveler who you know is sort of similar to you. And again, the more you travel, the better your network gets. This is why eventually I think we're going to try to launch some sort of membership for you guys to be able to talk to each other, right? So you'll, you'll have this network Whoa, of people. spoiler! Maybe. I know. It'll be one day. But we want you guys to be able to talk to each other and, and have this network of people. So anyway, that will be that's the best way is to tap into your network right we want you guys to be able to, to talk to each other so that's what I do as an example now when I'm coming here I had a lot of friends who had you know been here and on Copenhagen the island he was like all right this is where all the families live this is where the sort of like hippie spiritual mm-hmm. stuff is happening this is where the more like businessy nomads live this is where the this mm-hmm. is like the party side of the island when the full moon happens like so you kind of get to know the neighborhoods. And within that, like, you can get more specific of, like, all right, these are the, where the co-working spaces are. If you live, like, within here, you're going to be able to walk to a lot of places. Um, so mm-hmm. ask anybody, and they'll be like, I know when people ask me, I will literally get out a map and, like, draw a circle. And I'm like, try to stay here, right? Um, <laughs> I've got one of those on my phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was exploring a new place in, in Colombia, and uh, somebody sent me a map and literally drew... <laughs> an orange a orange yeah. circle around the area that I was allowed to walk in. I was like, "Ah, oh, perfect." Okay. That's yeah. Like, just you you ask people. Yeah, so, exactly. Sometimes it's not clear. Sometimes it's not clear. Yeah, and when I went to Cape Town, for example, I, I was there, I guess maybe 2 months ago at this point, but mm-hmm. I asked Diego who had spent a lot of time there and I asked a couple of other friends because I knew what I'd heard it's like a super hilly place and I know safety it's like really makes mm-hmm. a difference there. And and I know from traveling enough that I was like, if I, you know, what looks like it's four blocks apart on a map might mean the difference between walking up like a super yep. steep hill to my home or being like right next to everything I know and it's easy to get around. So one, mm-hmm. ask people if you can. If not, read blog posts. Like yeah. literally you can just search any place. Like I would type in, you know, if I was coming to Copenhagen where I am now, I'd say Copenhagen, Thailand, digital nomad, where to stay. Someone's yep. probably written a blog post about it. So... Yeah, just sort of read read those. That's your next best sort of shot if you can't talk to someone. And that's also going to be pretty easy to find these blog posts because all the recommendations we've made for new, you know, first-time digital nomads are places that are you're going to be able to find articles on it. Like you look up Mexico City, you look up Medellin, you look up Bali, there's going to be article after article about where to yeah. stay. So unless you're going to somewhere really obscure, 
I don't know, maybe La Paz, Bolivia, we might not be able to. We would probably even find an article probably. for that. I mean, yeah. you, if you look hard enough, you'll you'll find people who publish stuff on it. Nomad List, I, I don't fully endorse it because I don't know how good it is, but they do have a map feature for cities that you go to, and it will draw outlines around, like, this is a, like a rich area, this is like a, a hipster area, this is like a dangerous area. So I, I can't vouch for it, but I know it exists. So we figured we'd just throw out all the sources there. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you've, we've, done, we've done our homework here. We've gone online. We've, we've booked something on booking.com and <laughs> it, because we found a good neighborhood, and we're going to explore it for like three, four days. Maybe walk the area when you get there. Definitely walk the area when you get there safely. Yep. <laughs> and kind of explore around, get a feel for it, know exactly where you want to stay if you're going to stay a little bit longer. And then probably hop on Airbnb or VRBO, right? Yeah. And one other quick thing. So I want to definitely get in, like, we'll spend the majority of the time talking about, like, you know, how to negotiate, like, what different place, like Airbnb versus mm-hmm. VRBO, where there are, like, resources to find places and vet it beforehand. But one other thing I want to mention, when I first started traveling, so you and I both joined Wi-Fi Tribe and kind of like towards the beginning where Nomad sort of days. And what I found super helpful with that, whether it's whether it's Wi-Fi Tribe or Remote Year or Hacker Paradise or any sort of co-living, there's tons of like like outside is you know co-living space. So those sort of places that are gonna have the accommodation sort of booked for you, they're going mm-hmm. to have already done the research to know where to stay. They book it. Like to me, when I first started my nomad journey, that was the easiest and most comfortable way because it was just one sort of factor that I didn't have to think about and I trusted that it was taken care of and, and done well and again has a you know built in community and all of that. But even just the place, like they do a lot of research to say like what neighborhood should we stay in? Like where's the best house? What can we do? So that's another option if you're just getting started and want to sort of again take away the scariness mm-hmm. of of yeah being alone not knowing where you are where to stay like that's i just want to throw that out as sort of like a, a middle option as well it's good yeah very very good tip cool so we are moving into the we've got airbnb open probably yeah. start with airbnb i would recommend and then yeah. we'll maybe we'll talk about vrbo as options start to dwindle on airbnb but you open up yeah. you're in your new spot you know this the neighborhood that you want to stay in you've got airbnb open where do you go from there? Yeah, so I I do usually honestly start my my journey to find a place with Airbnb. I just I think there's there's usually good places. I like the the user design of it. I know it sounds simple, but it's just it, it feels mm-hmm. comfortable, it feels good. So I'll sort of go to a I'll you know, search, go to a place, put in the dates and you know, whatever details and however many bedrooms I'm looking for. And then I'll just, I like to look at the map feature so I can really see and I'll just click around and start to get a good feel of like, you know, every different place has, I don't know, you, you get a feel for what you can afford at certain levels, right? So like where I am in Copenhagen, mm-hmm. it's mostly sort of like wooden beach villas. Like it's like a totally different style than what you might find in, in Bali versus, you know, Cape Town, South Africa versus somewhere else. So really, I just mm-hmm. like to see like, what's the lay of the land? What can I afford? What's a, are there tons of places available? Can I like wait till last minute or does it look like there's really not many? I should maybe kind of book something now. But I get a feel for the prices to start. And generally Airbnb is much, and especially now, prices are usually a lot higher. So there's room for negotiation. I didn't know before I started traveling, I just thought like Airbnb, it's like a hotel. Like this is the price and that is that. Like these are individual people who would rather have their place mm-hmm. booked. So there's, you know, if you're going to be staying 
for a month, first of all. There's usually different pricing if you stay 30 days or longer. Versus Sometimes it's cheaper to book four weeks versus three weeks because the price drops once, like daily once you go to that 30-day sort of mark. You have to play with it because you, you might yeah. see one for random intervals, like a 10-day price right. drop versus right. yeah i think the month-long one is probably the most common that i've encountered yeah and i think it's it's kind of a standard in you know in travel yeah. and accommodations but yeah. yeah play with the date filters because you'll find yeah. some funny stuff in there yeah and sometimes different i'll play around with the dates a lot because if if my dates are flexible let's say i search for whatever month and then i look starting one week later there might be a place available just because that, and i'm like oh this is the perfect place but it's not available uh-huh. until you know, these dates. So if you have flexibility, I I do like to play around with the dates because you might just find sometimes, I think actually when we were in Romania, Jeff, we were gonna, we wanted to stay in, was it Cluj? We wanted to stay somewhere and we, Mm. or you guys might've already booked, but there was a music festival going on right in the middle of those dates. So everything Uh was three times as expensive. There was almost nothing available because it was like this huge thing. But if you looked two weeks before, two weeks after, Uh we ended up staying in a different city altogether. So you kind of have to know what like events are going on and and just kind of search around if you have flexibility. And then also, yeah, the the reason people will drop their price long term is one, you've guaranteed that someone's going to, you know, if, if someone's rent, let's say you're the the owner of a property, right? Your goal is to make mm-hmm. money. So if someone comes to me and they book two days and then it might be empty for six days and then someone books four days and what, you know, you're not maximizing your, your amount of the amount of days and revenue you can make as a yeah. host. So if you're saying, Hey, I'm a, I'm a great person. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to be there for a month, maybe two there. They can drop the price because you're guaranteeing money every single night. And then like they don't have to deal with turnover and cleaning fees and replacing things in between. So it's it's beneficial mm-hmm. to them sometimes the longer you stay and so you've got some room to negotiate. I'll also as a tip, sometimes if a place looks pretty good and I know it's available for whatever amount of time, and usually this is when you're going more last minute, like this isn't work as well if you're planning far in advance because they could have someone else you know, just book, but I'll say, Hey, is it okay if I come and stay for three days? And if I like it, like we can chat in person and I'll stay longer and maybe pay them in person. Or sometimes I get there and I'm like, I hate this place. I don't want to stay any longer. And I'm so glad I didn't book for longer. So there's no exact science to it, but that's, I don't know. How do you start the process when you look? Same, same thing. Usually I'll open up the neighborhood that I'm really interested in and then I'll just start gauging prices. I'm like, all right, mentally I've set, this is my budget. (laughs) I'm going to come in like in between here and you can toggle the filters. I usually just toggle the filters. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to spend more than 200 bucks a night somewhere. That's ridiculous. And generally I don't want to spend more than a hundred bucks a night. So I'll just like knock those off and it'll just leave you with a map full of stuff that you can do and the number of bedrooms that you need, put in the filters. And then basically you're just left with a list of viable options. So at that point for me, it's going to come down to our next couple tips that we're going to talk about that I've got on my list here. First one is... Look at the pictures really fucking carefully, <laughs> really yes. carefully. I got one in Columbia with Jim and phenomenal pictures. This looked like this looked like brand new housing development, like like a commercial. This is this is incredible. You know, like it's like a McDonald's commercial when you see the fries exploding out of the box. Gorgeous. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. I think they brought an actual sun into that into that apartment because when I got there, it was a cave. It was a cave. <laughs> and there was like there was an a, a couch there and there was like there's no TV and they made it look like there was a big balcony, but the balcony was stuffed to with two air conditioners. 
Anyways, I, I just go on and on and on. I booked it for a month and I was stuck because the pictures you guys stayed there a whole month. Great, the pictures look great. So what you should do, if you're actually, I, I know some people that don't really care about their accommodations too much. I'm yeah. La Princesa, like that's what they call. Like I <laughs> care about my accommodations very, very much. That's the one yeah. thing I care about too. I'm, I'm with you. I want to be in a comfortable place. I like do too. I really, really appreciate a comfortable place. So a tip that I've learned is have them send you recent pictures. Say, hey, I'm very interested in your place. Can you send me a couple more pictures? And yeah. if you get like a couple pictures that they took with the, their phone, you'll be able to tell <laughs> this is yeah. a cave or, you know, yeah. this is what it actually looks like on the normal day when it's not, doesn't have all its makeup on. Right. I want to know yeah. what that place looks like at <laughs> six in the morning. I don't want to know what it looks like, you know, ready have to Have you ever the, actually you know, done that? Have, has anyone ever actually, you've asked Airbnb hosts to send you pictures from their phone or you just know you uh, should? I just did. I just did like oh, two weeks ago. Yeah. I got, got pictures. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, yes. So I'm just up to Seattle. I've got a friend. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a friend that, that lives up there. We're going to do like a 4th of July thing. And oh, the fun. picture sucked. I'm like, I don't trust it. I've been burned too many times. And so I'm like, <laughs> send me more pictures of the inside. And I got a bunch of cell phone pictures. I'm like, all right, that's good enough. It doesn't look nice. like it's doctored up. So yeah. So I can get so that you, works because like, you can get burned. Yeah. I want to add to that. Even sometimes when things are accurate and you just don't pay, I say you, I don't pay attention closely. So when I was last summer, when I was, I was traveling through a bunch of countries in Europe pretty quick and I was so just burnt out from decision making and booking trains and buses and cars and like Airbnbs. I I was moving very quickly, like more than, more than typical kind of nomad. I was just trying to bust out a lot of places. And yeah. And I remember sitting, I think we, I just taken an overnight bus, maybe from like Lithuania to Poland or no, that wouldn't have been the order somewhere. I was in Poland and I remember I had just taken overnight something somewhere. So like my mind was tired. And as we were looking at places, I was trying to book somewhere for Latvia and there just weren't very many options on Airbnb and they were they were sort of expensive and not good. It's like the worst combination, just like not many options and, and small and dark. And it was, I knew I had yeah. like a lot of work I wanted to do. And we looked at this one place and it was the only place that looked like it was a big, like it was pretty big. And I could tell it wasn't like quite bright, but I was like, all right, you know, like, like I was, so I was with someone who was like, should we book it? I was, I, I didn't really look. He was looking, I was working and I was like, yeah, yeah, just book it. I don't care. It looks, I like looked for four seconds. It looks good. It's fine. Um, and we get there dungeon. It looked <laughs> like, so we walked in and it felt like I was walking through like a bomb shelter door, like downstairs <laughs> into a base, like I, with no exaggeration, like truly. Yeah. And then there was, there was some high up windows, like in the sort of living room, you know, those ones that are like barely above ground, mm-hmm. but kind of the bedroom had zero windows. It was just like a dark cave. And I like natural light. I like to wake up to natural. And it was right at the heart of like COVID restrictions. Just so I was like, you know what? It's, it's four or five days, whatever. Cause we were mm-hmm. going to book it longer and we booked it shorter for this reason. But I was like, whatever, I'll just, it'll make me get out. I'll go to a coffee shop to work every day. I'm going to be so productive. And then that was right when a bunch of COVID, like we, we couldn't go to a restaurant. It was a nightmare. So I was stuck in this dungeon for five days. It was yeah. really creepy. So yeah, but when I went back and looked afterwards, you could definitely tell that there was like no windows. I just didn't look. And if you read mm-hmm. reviews, people were like, it's below ground, you know, like read the reviews, look at the pictures, yeah. like they're accurate enough sometimes. So do your due diligence especially if you're staying for a decent amount of time. Read the reviews. Next bullet point on the list. Read the reviews. <laughs> Read the also, reviews. don't trust all the reviews either. I, yes. My tip for you guys, if it's one sentence or two sentences, don't read it. 
Look for the paragraphs. The people that are writing paragraphs are writing honest reviews. The people that are writing great place, like one one sentence, great place, great location. Right. They're they're just putting that either because one of two reasons. One, they're just kind of lazy and they don't really care about filling out a review. Or two, they're just being nice. And I'd say probably ninety <laughs> percent of people will just leave a good review for people. Because right. in their mind, they know it's not like Yelp. They know they're getting reviewed too, even if right. the the other party can't see it until you've posted yours, until both people posted theirs. Yeah. So it's not going to affect your review. But mentally, people think, "Oh shit, yeah. I'm getting reviewed too. I need to review this place good, even if it's shit." I've done that before too. It's a <laughs> it's a stupid thing. You're part but, of the problem, Jeff. <laughs> but here's the thing: if it's just one sentence or two sentences. That's what's happening. If it's a long paragraph, it's usually somebody writing out a very long, thoughtful review. So if you read that long paragraph and they don't sound insane, because sometimes they sound insane. They're like, oh, my God, you know, my my pillow was too hard. It's like, come on, get it. (laughs) Stop. Yeah. Uh, But look for those very detailed reviews. Yeah, because there are some that will say, you know, I've stayed, I think when I was in Prague, you know, it was like right across from a bar or in Poland, it was like by a train that went by. So it's like, sometimes that's okay. Like, you you know what it is and you're fine with it. But Mm -hmm. just, yeah, people will write those things like, it's really great. Everything was amazing. It was responsive. But but beware, there's a bar next door and it gets kind of loud on the weekends from 2 to 4 a.m. You know, like stuff like that is, is just helpful. Look for thematic stuff in the reviews because it will, if there's a problem, it'll be a theme in there and and you can search for certain things. Like there's a search functionality at the top, just type in noise and you see how many reviews come up with noise because that's a, that's a problem. Like first the picture thing, that's a real problem with traveling. Like you might end up in a shithole if you're not careful. (laughs) Second thing is noise. We have, (laughs) and we have, and and I've ended up at places that were so damn noisy that you couldn't even think dogs barking outside all day. You want to know that stuff. Search noise, search lighting, <laughs> you know, yeah. and look for the long run. Yeah. So those are my tips. I've got one more on my list before I talk about the difference differences between continents. That's internet speed. Yeah. And this one is, let me, let me just take that one. Right. <laughs> so, so a lot of these places will not post their internet speed. And if they do, don't really trust it. So my tip for you is that because... Again, this is a real problem. If you end up booking a place for a month and you find out that the internet's not strong enough to hold a call, you yeah. can literally get fired. It's it's a problem. <laughs> and that's that's yeah. happened to us before. We went to San Miguel de Allende in Mexico and turns out the the upload speed was like 1 and we were having four <laughs> people have calls at the same time and they're like it was it's fine. The internet's fine. We're like no, it's not. And we had to wait and wait. Two places I've had like this. They were trying to install internet for us, and you wait and wait, and nothing happens. And you're working from coffee shops, like from one to another to another as it fills up. Same thing happened to me in Florence. So what you do is you just message the host and say, I'm very interested in booking your property. Like when you message them, they can see which dates you've you've booked. So make it a big date set so they know that it's (laughs) important. And say, hey, look, because they'll see in there, like they're interested in four four weeks something like that right. and say i need to know what the internet speed is and ask for a speed test and they can screenshot a speed test and it'll tell yeah. you exactly how fast it is and what you're looking for if you do video calls look for a minimum of 20 20 down and about five up that's what you're looking for if you get any less than that tell them can't either can't do it or you need to upgrade it and then get confirmation that it's upgraded 
Yeah, and some I'm people off. will. That's okay. it. <laughs> like, I know Jeff is very passionate about Wi-Fi speeds, but it, it's so important. You know, it, it seems it, it's so different than you know if you're just traveling for a vacation and like book wherever. Like it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. But when this is your career and your life, like you, you really do need that. But as an example, Antigua in Guatemala is just just typically known for like not great Wi-Fi. And there was a group of, yeah. I guess there were six of us staying in a house. We were looking for a place to stay. And I messaged this. It was, again, kind of right after COVID. And these people hadn't, like, had bookings in forever. And so we had some some time to sort of chat. But I found them on VRBO, messaged them directly. And I was saying, like, we're, you know, we all work remotely, which is, like, nice. Like, we're not here to, to you know, throw giant parties every weekend or whatever. But, you know, like, we seem like good people. And I was like, can you share what your Wi-Fi speed is? She was like, she wasn't even there. The hosts sometimes don't mm. even, you know, live in that country. And she was yeah. like, I'll have, there's, there's someone who lives nearby. I'll have them go check it out. And she screenshot it. It was like, I think less than five or something. And I was like, that will not work for us. And she mm-hmm. was like, well, we've actually been meaning to upgrade it for a while. We'll actually, you know, pay to do it. What speeds do you need? And they literally, for our time there, brought in a whole new system, set it up for us. I'm sure it was helpful for them down the road. And I was like, you can rent this to so many other nomads if you do this. But they literally turned up the speed and had a different package just for us while we were there. So you can also mm-hmm. say, like, is it possible to increase the speed sometimes they just don't pay for that so yeah definitely ask and I had them send screenshots once it was set up I was like I need to this isn't this isn't a you know hope it works like maybe we'll set something up I was like take us you set it up you send me a screenshot and then I will send you a deposit and sometimes you do I will say I sometimes it's hard because places go quickly sometimes depending on where you are what time of year it is. And sometimes I, I'll find like the most perfect spot and I'll, I will take too long to say, Hey, can you send me the Wi-Fi speed? Can you do this? Can you do that? And then they're like, sorry, in this time you've asked me that, like it's been booked, like see you later. And mm. you, you do lose places and I've been it very happens. disappointed sometimes, but you, you yeah. have to, because otherwise, you know, like Jeff, you're going to get screwed and then not be able to work or whatever. Yeah. Super, super important. Last tip I've got on my list here is yeah. location that you're booking. So mm-hmm. a few just general statements that I'm going to just lay out on the table. First thing, if you're booking anything in the States, expect it to be two things. Super expensive and expect the owners to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> you're going to look <laughs> on there. You're going to see ridiculous cleaning fees. You're going to see things like... Please put all the towels and take all the linens off your bed and put it in the washer and all this stuff. <laughs> and we actually went to, we booked a place in Tahoe for a New Year's Eve type mm-hmm. thing. And we asked, hey, can we can we bring my dog with? It's, it's a cabin. It's a cabin in Tahoe. And they said, no. We said, oh, well, you know, she, she's better behaved than most children. Like, yada, yada. She's all. They said, absolutely not. You may not have it. Don't ask again. And when we got right. there, they had set up a camera in the front of the house like the property manager told us to confirm whether or not we were bringing a dog into the house. So they were watching to see if a dog came in the house. That's sort and, of fair. And they posted, they posted something on the, on the door that says, we're going to charge you $500 if we see the dog come into the house. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's fair. If they don't want a dog in the house, they don't want a dog in the house, but it is a, it's a mood in the States <laughs> yeah. where the property owner doesn't really want people on their property, but they want the money. So keep that in mind because you get the complete opposite. When I go to Latin America, when I book somewhere in Mexico, you'll get there and they'll say, you know, what can we do for you? We're going to chop wood. This is your house. Like I've been to a number right. of places that just the first thing they say is this is your house now. Right. Enjoy it and treat yeah, it like it feels your own. better for sure. Treat it like your, yeah, it's a, it's better. It's cheaper. So 
Yeah, just keep that in mind. When you're booking in different continents, when you book in Europe, it's going to be very expensive. Book in the States, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be a little cumbersome. The owners might be a little grouchy. It's just going to be different. Don't expect the same atmosphere yeah. wherever you go. Yeah. Any I'm other just thoughts? Say, I, have, I have a lot of thoughts, but even just with, with booking, like you just talked about there with Airbnb, again, just with, even you say it's expensive here, it's expensive there. Don't take those prices for good. Some people just jack up Airbnb prices, and if they get it, they get it. But I think that the guys mm-hmm. here... I don't remember what it was listed at, but they negotiated it probably down like $1,000 less per month than than it was listed as. And they were staying long-term. You know, eventually, they might be here like three months or so. So it, it can be worth it. So don't take it at face value. But also in different places, we, we haven't quite talked about just sort of a few different resources beyond Airbnb. So we've mentioned VRBO is, is another alternative I just like to look at it. It's more sort of like vacation homey, sort of better for sometimes big group places. But the other thing, depending on the place, one is Facebook groups are often a really good way, or there's sometimes local, like if you're booking in in Cape Town, for example, if you look on Airbnb, it's super expensive, but there's almost like a different like local sort of scene you can plug into. And once you do mm. that, you can get much different prices. Bali, for oh. example, like there's there's a couple things listed on Airbnb, but they're actually just mostly hotels. And the really, I say not the only way, but the very best way to find a place in Bali, for example, is going on these Facebook groups where people have their villas just listed for, for whatever reason, that's just the way it works there. So you go on and they'll have pictures and you message them and you reach out. And it's just kind of like a different ball game. Copenhagen, where I am, for example, here in Thailand, there are some places listed on Airbnb, but honestly, the very best way to do it is to get on a scooter once you are here and ride down the road you want to book and there's signs everywhere that's like villas for rent here like long term short term Mm -hmm. stay here and there's these little beach villas that I think that's just like local Thai people own and they're not really listed on the internet (laughs) like they're a little behind the Mm -hmm. times so you can find some amazing places for like way less money if you just ride around and like you're like oh this looks like a cool road like what's down here like let me go talk to a person and see what I can rent it for so that's sort of like the extreme of it but yeah, there, there's all sorts of, of different methods to, to book places. And it's all doable and it should never be a factor that holds you back from yeah. from traveling at all because like in worst case scenario, like if you were super, super nervous for, about your first travel, just hop on Airbnb and look at some of the places, yeah. look at the neighborhood, do a little research on the neighborhood. Find the super then, hosts. Yeah, exactly. Once you've checked those boxes, all you have to do is wait on a plane and then take an Uber to this nice new place that you book. So it's really, it's really as easy as that. And if you don't like that, one book other, one. yeah. One other thing I just want to mention, especially when you're newer to this or if you're going to a place that feels sort of unfamiliar, um, make sure your Airbnb host is responsive and or that they have like an automatic. Like if if you're getting in, maybe your flight's delayed and you get in really late, the last thing you want to do is arrive and not be able to get in touch with your host or have a way in oh, so yeah. ahead of time i always say like how do i check in i'll say like if it's someone's never in touch like you don't really want to stay there a lot of places like the good places will send you and a message right away that's like hey here's what's going to happen the day of i'll send you a code you just show up like we'll book it here you'll do this so or we'll leave you a key the locks box is going to be here it says this mm-hmm. so just make sure if they're going to meet you that that they're very in touch and if your flight's delayed let them know and yeah. the best way, though, is to try to make sure they have some sort of, like, keypad or lockbox or something like that. That's ideal. Yeah. If they do have one of those, I think, actually, that might even be a filter on there, if I'm not mistaken. Like, a 
keyless entry or yeah. contactless entry. I don't know, something like that. It seems little, but especially if you're there for a short time, yeah. and you're kind of coming, like, if you're going to be there long term, like, you know, focus on the other stuff. But if you're just kind of coming right. and going quickly and you, yeah, I would definitely make sure it has that. So a lot of times, if I know I'm going to be somewhere quick or I need some, if I'm going to get in late or mm-hmm. whatever, sometimes that's why I like to book a hotel just like instead of an Airbnb where I know there's like a front desk 24-7, doesn't matter what time mm-hmm. I get there. Like it's just easier sometimes. But if you're staying somewhere long term, like, yeah, you want a, a home with a desk and a kitchen and like it just feels like you're, you're living somewhere, not just like a bed and a guest. Yeah. And if you have any other questions on any of this stuff, Feel free, feel free to write us in. Hello at beachcommute.com. We can talk to you about any of these travel tips. We can talk to you about a lot of specific locations that you might have in mind. We might, might even be able to recommend specific neighborhoods to you, maybe even specific Airbnbs. Shoot us a note. Other than that, Marissa, this was episode 50. Ah, that's exciting. This was episode 50 realize. of the podcast. And Aww. it's almost the podcast birthday. Coming up on July. I'm gonna have to look it up. I guess that <laughs> but, makes sense. Yeah, that? 52 weeks would be our one year anniversary. We'll have That's to right. like maybe we'll the do birth- a fun episode to celebrate the birthday of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll do something special for 52. Yeah, but I do. Yeah, send us your. If Jeff gave you the email address, but send us if you have questions. We we recorded this podcast episode because someone sent me a question about the my Airbnb in in Copenhagen, and I was like, people need to know this stuff. So even if we don't respond you know to to every single message send us them and and it might be a whole podcast topic and then also somewhat unrelated again if you're ready to get that job to come find a place to stay check out beachcommute.com slash 91 for a list of 91 jobs that people in our community are actually doing while they travel the world and and stay in all these airbnbs i'm looking out i can see the ocean from from my airbnb here and there's pretty palm trees and all the things so yeah we can't wait for you to start traveling soon Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And catch us again on next week for our next episode. Almost our birthday. Almost our 52-week birthday. (laughs) Bye, guys. All right. Bye. We'll see you next time.